So as you are probably aware, if you're interested in Super Smash Bros. at all, the whole scene is on fire right now. We've got the Smash World Tour canceled by Nintendo. We've got the Panda Cup uh, consumed by the the cancellation on Twitter and uh, just the future of Smash caught in the crosshairs. Today on the show, we wanted to discuss this whole situation because it's very messy and muddy and we don't have any specific insider information that you don't, but there's a lot that's not being talked about that we wanted to try and address here. So my name is Michael Cottrell. I'm one of the hosts of this show, We the People. I'm joined by my twin brother, Matthew. Say hello to the folks. Hey folks, it's been a while. And uh, yeah, we're for, I guess, a little bit of context that might be helpful. Matthew and I have been into Super Smash Brothers since the very first release. We've competed in uh, very small tournaments that are local and didn't take it much further than that. By the time uh, there that scene grew bigger, we were just kind of like, you know, into getting jobs and uh, life stuff. It's very difficult to make time for stuff like that. But we've always sort of watched the scene from afar, paid attention to the competitive community. And uh, yeah, a very, very long history with with the franchise. And so um, this all stinks to see. From from like the the perspective of a, of a fan and a very small participant, but um, but let's recap the facts somewhat quickly, and and I say facts a little bit loosely because they're not real, depending on who you ask. So this all begins with Smash World Tour, which is run by VGBC, which is a longtime tournament organizer in the Smash Brothers community. They had announced that Nintendo put the kibosh on the Smash World Tour 2022 and their circuit that was planned for 2023. This came as a surprise to them uh, close to Thanksgiving because talks had went pretty well up to that point. And so they had to cancel this huge event that everybody was already like booked for. Some people were getting ready to travel and packing their bags. And so that is awful. Um, Nintendo comes out. After that, and tells Kotaku and uh, that they did not cancel the Smash World Tour. Um, and I guess if we could address that real quick, it's not really complex. Like when a corporation's speaking in in somewhat legal terms, distinctions are important. What they told Smash World Tour is that they do not have a license and that Nintendo expects them to get a license to perform commercial activity in the presence of the glorious Nintendo IP. So basically, they're telling them, yeah, we're going to show it like, yeah, you can you can try and find out, but but we're ready to send a and d We're ready to put a lawsuit down on, you know, we're, we're ready to like come and fight you if you go through with this. So they basically did shut it down, even though they didn't technically you know, pull the trigger. <laughs> so, um, that is the thing that happens a lot in the corporate world. Those distinctions are uh, silly, but important. Um, after that, uh, statement, the, the other th- party that was implicated was this Panda organization. They, uh, are much newer. They have a few like pro players on their roster. They have content creators on their roster. They get, they got the PG stats going on. They host some of their own events and they had the first, Nintendo licensed circuit for Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. And um, and so they were implicated in this by Smash World Tour saying that, 
oh, they, this guy, Dr. Allen, who is the CEO of Panda, has been going around bullying everybody and basically threatening that Nintendo is going to shut them down unless they join the Panda Cup and get behind him. And it, it seems like he wanted to consolidate the Smash scene to just kind of be under his organization. And there were problems with that, which implicated the third big player, BTS, or Beyond the Summit, and they were implicated in the way that uh, they corroborated these bullying claims that Alan was going around trying to, you know, sort of sort of like running a protection racket. And that leaves us to the development that happened yesterday where Dr. Alan responds, he gives his side of the story, and you put all the statements together and they all poke holes in each other. And we were not in any of the rooms, but I think through a little deductive reasoning, we can have a productive conversation of what exactly happened here, what we think is going to happen in the future. And ultimately my point, why no one's a hero here and everybody was getting a little bit greedy at a, at the expense of uh, the smash community as a whole, which is very much in jeopardy now. So um, that's that's quite the introduction I'll give Matthew. Uh, let me know um, what were your thoughts like initially when you heard the the news of this happening. Well, I think for one, it's always important to wait until everybody's issued a statement. I, I really hate that in society we tend to it, it's it's innocent or guilty until proven innocent when it's supposed to be the other way around. And I, I think it's really irresponsible to jump to conclusions and just assume because VGBC put out, you know, a pretty compelling statement first that there's no other side to the coin, which in scenarios like this, rarely is it just that one side is complete, completely absolved of any wrongdoing and the other side is just blatantly in the wrong um, entirely on their own. And so... Um, that's just for me what what I think going into this was just disappointing is because I feel like whatever Panda or Dr. Allen says at this point is rendered moot because nobody really cares. They've already made up their mind that they're the villains in this situation. Um, I think an important thing to bring up in this discussion, though, is because, uh, you know, with when it comes to VGBC, I know you and I have talked about this outside of the podcast, and I, I, I kind of want to bring it up here, but you were saying that, and in, 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 even in Allen's statement, that he doesn't understand why he's being vilified for stating that he thought Smash World Tour was going to get shut down. Because I think that's where a lot of this anger stems from on VGBC side is that they feel that it, it, it was wrong to do that. It was wrong to sway TOs in Panda's direction because they were spreading rumors about Smash World Tour um, not going to be around for very long. And I think it's fair for VGBC to have the stance that they do, which is that, you know, because think about it like this, like if you're trying to run a business and people are telling you, hey, you don't want to work with them, that business is going downhill and downhill fast, that's going to influence your decision. And so, you know, if, if, if you're VGBC and tournaments went from wanting to work with you to not wanting to work with you and instead jumping on with Panda... I understand their frustration in that situation. At the same time, you know, I, I told you this earlier. If if some if I was about to take a job and somebody told me, hey, listen, I've got the inside beat on this, and from what I understand, they're not going to be around much longer. I, I mean, I'm I'm not going to say that that's 
I'd probably want to know that, like if I'm making a career decision, you know, and, and obviously running a tournament with which circuit probably is not the, you know, it's probably a false equivalency there. Um, but I just wanted to get your thoughts on that because I know that's something you and I talked about. And, and I just think objectively speaking, I don't think it was wrong for Alan to do so. Maybe it's the manner in which he did it, but I understand entirely why VGBC is upset about that. Yeah, I think perhaps it'd be best if we um, <clears throat> sort of worked our way backwards. We, we've seen this all play out from uh, the perspective of Smash World Tour and BTS. And then, Alan, let's, let's, uh, let's put it in reverse and go backwards and see if we can discover anything here. So um, if you've read Alan's uh, chonker of a statement, you know that he uh, shoots himself in the foot immediately starting it by making this strange claim that that VGBC may not have even planned to run the tournament at all. They, they were just running this gambit where it's a win-win for them. That's, that's not true at all. They've obviously spent a lot of time and money trying to organize this event. They have, uh, they, they had booking uh, situations with, with the Marriott you can see that on the Marriott's website, that there was, there was sort of like a block in and a acknowledgement of the smash, uh, scene being there that day. And so, um, you know, he shoots himself in the foot as he starts the statement and, uh, various other things that happen around the statement, like sort of paint him as this like misunderstood hero that he was only trying to better the scene. He ends it with this, um, this admission, I don't, I don't know if this is true or not, but that he hasn't taken any money out of the Panda organization. He's always just put it back in, which like, like do not, do not come over here and tell me that you're in this just for the, the big gamer moments. You have a vested financial interest in this succeeding and growing, and you're going to reap the rewards of it. You, you, he may not have even taken any money, but that is what you do when you grow a business. I didn't take any money out of my business until I had the the room to, you know, that's how every business starts. And when you're trying to do things at a big scale, sometimes you, you have to play that way. Amazon didn't make a profit for a decade. It's, it's like, you know, it, I, I don't, I don't buy that. I don't buy that. Alan's a hero. He did. He does seem like a cornball and uh, a bully and that he was trying to consolidate the smash scene under Panda cup. Um, but here's where it gets uh, a little a little funny with like how he got the license because it begs the question, how did this guy who's new to the scene doesn't have a whole lot of like connections with the grassroots thing? How does he get a Nintendo license? And, you know, Alan has been in the smash scene for a long, long time. He ran a podcast in like 2008 about Smash Brothers Brawl. He was like big on the smash boards, but like not running events himself as far as like that scene he had like left to go become a doctor and you know came back after so he missed quite a lot but um but we do have to ask the question how did he get the nintendo license and why was that same license not granted to vgbc my thought with reading all the stuff of alan's experience with nintendo contrasted with vgbc's experience with nintendo is basically that Alan had a better contact. If you've ever done business with a big corporation, who you're talking to matters a lot. Uh, my, my wife works in technology sales and, and there is the, the term like you, you want to get to the decision maker. 
You want to get to the person who can actually give you their seal of approval, especially in a company like Nintendo. Nintendo is very conservative. They're very traditional. And, uh, you know, you're, you're dealing with a multinational corporation. So somehow this guy got in there. And I don't know if they thought Alan was, had a better plan. I don't know if they thought he was a better businessman. I don't know if they didn't, didn't like that Gimmer was bald. We don't know that. But what it seems like reading this is that the contact that VGBC had was some sort of like low level project manager that was like, oh, yeah, yeah, we've seen your stuff. And like, you know, talking in, in bubbly language. And if you've done any business at all anywhere or if you've gone on a date or if you've like done it, like it always starts like that. It's always very cordial. It's always very encouraging because at that point, both parties see value in working together and want to see where this goes. This is how every sales cycle starts. But the further they, the further you get, the, the more complications introduce themselves. And by the end of it, which for Smash World Tour was like, uh, like 15 days before their event or whatever, that is the point at which things broke down. And I think that they, they weren't talking with that person. Either Nintendo was like totally stringing them along in order to do maximum damage to the organization and to just knock them out of existence or... Uh, it was this sort of situation. And of course, like the, the conversation is going to get a lot more uh, buttoned up when pen hits paper and when money changes hands, not that they were going to pay for the lights, but you, you know what I mean? Like when, when there's more stakes in the game, then it's not so bubbly and cordial and like, Oh yeah, this sounds great. Yeah. The, the both circuits and blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, this, this could have gone across the desk of, of an executive and they're like, why do we, ha why do we need two circuits? I only want one. And like, it could have been as, as dumb a reason as that. But like the point stands that like Alan had uh, the goods at Nintendo. He secured that license before he announced his event, which is also kind of interesting. Well, also one, one thing I think that's important to acknowledge here in from Alan's statement is that apparently they've been working on this since 2017 or 18, which smash world tour essentially just tried to get the ball moving on this in what March, uh, you know, like it, it sounds like they really tried to circumvent the process. And that's one thing I'll give Alan is that, you know, he says that, Hey, this is something we've been working on with Nintendo on getting off the ground for some years. Now you guys expected this to be done in a few months you, you almost expected preferential treatment. And I don't know, it's one of those things that, you you, you know, I don't understand VGPC and, and the fact that they chose to announce their event before they got their the Nintendo's blessing, so to speak. To me, that just, that that's, you're already going into this in completely the wrong way in, in not giving this enough time in not waiting to announce your event until after Nintendo said so. And I understand why they announced it when they had to. They said that they didn't have any choice at that point, but still it's just imagine how that looks to Nintendo. So I, I just think that's important to acknowledge here as well. Yeah. And, and, and my thing is like, are you sure you didn't have a choice? <laughs> like, like, are you sure you didn't have a choice to, um, to announce the event at that time? Because the thing is like, if I were about to spend money in the tens to possibly hundreds of thousands of dollars to like run some kind of event and do this big thing, I would probably not put my um, 
put my heart out on the table until I had a few things worked out. Most notably, like if Nintendo is getting into the scene and there's this whole licensing thing that hasn't been a thing before, you know, it's been this unspoken agreement that, you know, you guys just don't play slippy and we won't bother you. That's been kind of like just this unspoken thing. And there's been a few other tournaments that have been, um, that have been, licensed successfully there's a bunch of them that that alan mentions when you do things on a bigger scale they attract more eyeballs there's going to be more rules and it, it was horrendously irresponsible for them to go into full marketing mode for this you know like did they they didn't have to do this this year it's it's cool that they were planning this is going to be the, the like the biggest prize pool I've seen in like a smash tournament I, I believe um and so like respect the hustle love what they're doing at the same time, uh, you've you've got to know that there's there's something going on here that you might want to get buttoned up before you you put everything on the table. And if they just didn't do a Smash World Tour in 2022 and instead did one in 2023 after they got this stuff worked out, you know maybe all of this could have been avoided. But they um, they announce ahead of Nintendo license. They said they kept Nintendo in the loop of their announcement. It was like, that's not how the relationship works. My guy, like, like legally speaking, this sort of activity is not very well protected under the law and Nintendo can bully you legally. So like, you've got to get that stuff straightened out first. But yeah, so they, they announced this event and they start doing their, their marketing stuff for it. And, and like, you know, they're, they're, they're <laughs> at that point, like you've strapped yourself to uh like, you know, you're, you're like carrying a bomb and just hoping it doesn't explode before you get it to where it needs to go. The thing is, is no matter what's, which side of the fence you fall on with this, which I understand most people have already pre you know, they've already drawn the conclusion that they, you know, side with VGBC because again, they put their statement out first and they've painted Panda as the villain, but you, you can't deny that, that what VGBC did here was incredibly irresponsible. And while I can understand their frustration, I can empathize with them at the same time it, it's kind of self-inflicted you know like you didn't have to like you said you could have ultimately just decided in august when you were planning on announcing smash world tour 2022 that hey you know what we have been in constant communication with nintendo they have failed to give us a um what is it a certification um or, or whatever the, a commercial license sorry and, and so because of that, we're unfortunately going to have to cancel the event. You know, it's, it's kind of they waited until the 99th hour where it's like, you know, now we our backs are up against the wall. We have to make a decision at this point when they could have preemptively just understood that, hey, this is the uh, parameters in which Nintendo told us we're going to have to operate within and we have not gotten their permission um, and so because of that, like, we're going to have to make the hard decision instead of, again, like waiting until the last minute, booking a venue, booking flights, um, you know, all these different things that that required a financial commitment. Yeah, it's I that, I, I just can't get, that, get past that part. Like, I, I know that, like, they have been running events for years, but they've never done anything on that scale. Like you you are inviting Nintendo to care more and to be more involved when you're making this big deal. You call it Smash World Tour, which is already going to like, you know, there's there's parts of Nintendo that are not going to like that. I, I even remember doing um, 
<clears throat> I used to do these gaming videos for for a, a small company they used to work for, and we had to change all of our Minecraft content titles because the first word used in the title was Minecraft. We got a legal um, note from Mojang asking us to like flip flip all the words around so that it didn't look like we were uh, official or licensed with Minecraft or like standing next to them. And so you run that risk already when you name it Smash World Tour. And then, you know, you're just kind of kind of like bet it all on like Nintendo giving you the license at the time. We're just like, you know, you, you also have to factor in like, I know Nintendo gave the license to Panda and this guy you were talking to was kind of like making it sound like you were going to get a license, but like it's Nintendo. Like, are you kidding me? Like, and they've been in this scene long enough to know that Nintendo was not a reliable partner. Um, so let's see, we've, we've got that, that sort of stuff from Alan's statement. Uh, a lot of the other stuff that he makes is kind of, he said, she said stuff that is neither here nor there. Well, he talks well, about buying before well, I was going to say, but before you transition, I do also want to bring up the fact that you and I were talking about this earlier, but I personally also, you know, the, the, the whole, like what you touched on earlier that Nintendo didn't explicitly say in their PR statement that they couldn't run the event, but they, in a way told them, Hey, you can't run it because you can't run any event without a commercial license. But that's why I'm, you know, I was telling you at smash world tour. I mean, they're saying there's no way they can do this at this point. I would have run the event because Nintendo's issued a, a statement to uh, journal publications saying, or, or journalist publications, what, what I, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but that they didn't tell them that they're not able to run this event. So now if you run the event, the, the ball is in Nintendo's court because now you make Nintendo run the risk of even looking worse in the situation. And I think based on how Nintendo wants to preserve its image, I don't know that they're going to do that because if you're saying they told you this, they issue a statement saying, Hey, we have no idea what you're talking about. We have nothing to do with this event being canceled because we understand what impacts that was going to have on the players and on the tournament organizers. So at that point, run the event and put the ball in their court. Make them make a decision because what's the worst that's going to happen? They're going to come and tell you again that you can't run the event. Well, now they look even worse because now they just issued a statement that was a blatant lie. And so, you know, I, that's kind of the hang up for me that I don't really understand. Yeah. And I mean, the big house tried this and got slammed with the cease and desist for it, but like, you know, that's probably what you're getting to. You're probably getting a cease and desist. You're not getting some like crazy lawsuit. I mean, in a court of law, it'd be, you know, difficult to like, uh, to show that like Nintendo, you know, precedence matters and Nintendo not caring about this competitive scene or not shutting it down for so long does kind of paint a case for them. But, you know, I, I understand not wanting to take that, that risk. Um, you know, there's money on the line, there's legality stuff on the, on the line, but at the same time, you know, it's just, why, why start the game of chicken in the first place? You know, because the, 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 this, the way this scenario would work if they were going to run the tournament anyway, is it's a game of chicken. Who's got more on the line? Who's got more at risk and who's going to, you know, who's going to chicken out and, uh, VGBC understandably doesn't want to play that game, but they already, they, they hit the start button on that game. As soon as they announced an event that wasn't licensed, um, and you know, Nintendo didn't probably wasn't clear at the time that like, you know, there's going to be this shift eventually where we're not just going to let events run loose. And I think the writing on the wall for that was probably 
before this panda cup business. It was probably around the time that they had found that there was a bunch of statutory rapists in the smash community. <laughs> like, um, you know, it probably had something to do with that. And so there, there's, you know, the reason given was health and safety guidelines. And it's like, I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility that they see uh, that they still have a relationship with, with Nairo, which is a, a player that um, was embroiled in this controversy, had uh, committed some pretty heinous things and uh, is sort of out of the community. He's got one leg out. He, he can't come to the community because he's still banned on Twitch, but like everybody's agreed that he's okay. But you know, we don't have to ban him because he's banned on Twitch anyway, but like, if someone at Nintendo knows that their their live stream is going to be like co-streamed with the permission of Smash World Tour on this guy's channel, like I think that's reason enough to like to not give them a license. Um, not to say I'm like defending Nintendo's position here because I think like you know how long does it take to tell someone yes or no they can run an event, but um, but I I don't think that Smash World Tour is like this unblemished hero in the situation either, mostly because they put themselves in a really risky position. And now they're just like, you know, they're they're playing Donkey Kong and now they're mad that they're in disadvantage. It's like you're Donkey. You picked Donkey Kong. You know, you, you like how did you how is this surprising to you that you're in this position? Um, so so that like. And, and yeah, we don't know why they really shut them down. It could be because they didn't like the name Smash World Tour. It could be, like, it could literally be anything. You're dealing with a company that has not supported Smash in any significant way ever. You know, there's been this recent, like, okay, well, we'll kind of, like, you know, run some Wii U ads at the tournament and acknowledge your existence. There was the Nintendo versus initiative that was pretty cool. They would, like, shout players out on, on social media. But, you know, this... Like you had to know that this might happen. Um, and, and, you know, I just don't agree with the martyr thing either, because like these were the, as soon as Nintendo money was like in the air, they deleted every project M video they ever had. Like, it's just like, I don't think that I, I don't think Alan's in this for the community. I don't think BTS is in this for the community. I don't think uh, VGBC was, I think they probably started that way, but like it has become a, um, a valid business that you can run. I mean, Panda had like, you know, I think like 40 staff members, they had a lot of money that was, that was exchanging hands. And so, um, I just don't, I don't think VGBC is the hero in this either, because especially the biggest thing was that when they knew they were going down, they were going to make sure that Panda went down with them. And no one's talking about this. No one, no one mentions it because there's no explicit call to action of like, go harass Panda and make sure that they, you know, never, never have a, another event again. But like, come on, this is like, this is the internet. This is a twit longer sort of thing. This is like, like, we know how this goes. It's already played out a bunch of times where, you know, you, you implicate someone and then they get the heat and, I think like Alan is rightfully so getting a lot of heat from the smash community. He was trying to consolidate. He was trying to get it all under his, his name and his power. Like he's trying to build a business and he's rightfully getting criticism for that in the crosshairs of that. However, we've got like the careers of, of a couple dozen people that are just like aimless now, they, they don't know what they're going to do. They're, maybe they're going to get signed somewhere else. And they have, 
um, rocked the boat so much that Panda canceled their event. So that now instead of uh, smash the smash community being out of three hundred thousand dollars of prize pool, now it's four hundred thousand, and you got to think that Nintendo is noticing this storm. They're getting the bad PR from the Smash World Tour stuff, and they're like, "This isn't worth it. This isn't worth our time. This isn't worth our money. These people are all, you know, fighting each other over scraps, and it's just not. It's not worth our time." And that's the part where we're like, you know, okay, you got me on everything else. I can understand you. I can empathize with you. Needing to bring Panda down at the same time is just, it's petty. It's selfish. And now you can't claim that like, oh, you're this martyr of the smash community. Cause you helped kill it. Well, also it's, it's, it's to the extent they vilify him when, when you really think about it, Michael, like the, <sighs> I really think what Alan essentially did is imagine if you're a salesperson, right? Imagine if you're Apple and, or, or I'm Apple and you're Microsoft. And in this case, VGPC is Microsoft, Panda is Apple. I, I don't think it's inconceivable or, or that it's really that bad if Alan essentially is trying to sell his product to other tournament organizers. And now while it's it's frowned upon to to say bad things about your competitors or to, or, you know, bring light to like maybe issues that they're dealing with or that issues about their products, for example, it happens all the time. Like, like this is why I really feel like most people who are talking about the situation are younger and they're naive and they don't understand how the real world works in a lot of instances and how the world of business works. And really I, I look at what Alan did essentially is that he tried to sell his product and he did the frowned upon method of, of trying to essentially undersell what somebody else has or tell you the bad qualities that the other product has. But that's essentially what he did. I don't think it's any more malicious than that, that like you really want to sell your product. And if somebody's not interested in buying it and because they're saying, well, I actually want to work with this product. Most people inevitably end up telling you, well, you don't want to work with that because of X, Y, and Z. That's just how it works. You know, our cousin works in sales of alarm systems for ADT. If you don't think he, he highlights the issues that the other competitors have, then, then you're being naive. That's just how sales works. And that's essentially what I think he did for the most part. Now, the whole BTS situation that involves the person Ken that's something I, I don't fully understand because I think Alan takes a place of of entitlement in the sense that he feels that they have to work with him. Even even like a quote from him saying that that when he raised his voice is why won't you all just work with me? And that's where I think he comes off wrong, is that feeling entitled as if they have to work with you. And BTS can do what they want to do. They don't have to work with Panda. And so that's the main problem I have with with everything he did, to be totally honest. But I think again, as far as the the you know downplaying Smash World Tour, I think is what happens in sales every day. Yeah. I um yeah, the, the BTS stuff is is a whole lot of he said, she said, basically both of them saying that, that, you know, they're big jerk or whatever. I think mixed in there is this concern that Alan's going around running a protection racket saying, you know, you, you work with me and I'll keep you safe from Nintendo. You know, if we take this to its logical conclusion, he was saying that Smash World Tour is probably going to get canceled. And he was saying that Smash World Tour is going to get canceled and that Nintendo might start cracking down. If both of those happened <laughs> before... If both of those happened, which is VGBC's 
new claim is that they were shut down in 2022. They're shut down in 2023 and they're uncertain of their future because the way Nintendo's talking to them, it sounds like they need to get a license if they're going to do any commercial activity. If Alan was right about everything, was he really that bad of a guy for warning people? Like, like sure. He's doing it in this self-serving way. It's, it's selfish for him, but like also if that was the only option, like, I, I just don't see where there's that much controversy out of it outside of, like, you know, he's mean. And I was I was going to say, I think it's due to him doing it for his own personal gain. He didn't do it to, to for for the, the good of, of, you know, letting tournament organizers know so that they don't invest in something that's not worth investing in. He did it so that he could try to get them to come to him. And, and like I told you before... Um, I, I understand VGBC being upset about that. If I was running a business and someone didn't want to work with me because somebody else told them that we're not going to be around much longer, totally understand the frustration. But I think in this case, I think you can't say Alan wasn't being honest. He just looked at the, the situation and saying like, hey, we had to do all this to establish our circuit. You guys are essentially trying to circumvent the process. How do well, we and, think that's going to end up? And that begets a few different possibilities. One possibility is that Nintendo's asking Alan, uh, you know, which tournaments they should license. Very unlikely. I, d- I doubt it. They're, they're not going to, like, place that much faith in some rando Smash guy who was on the Show Me Your News podcast. Like, no. Like, um, somehow he curried a lot of favor, so it's, it's like, it's plausible, and that's why I mention it. Like, it's, it's possible that he put a little birdie in their ear or whatever, but... Um, Alan is not making any decisions on behalf of Nintendo. That's patently insane. Um, the other possibility is that he was in the room whenever Smash World Tour came up and someone at Nintendo told him, yeah, we're probably not licensing that. There's a, a pretty real possibility of that. I mean, that stuff would come up in conversation and... Um, obviously or or even just like an understanding of the licensing process and what it took to get there and successfully obtaining one and then seeing VGBC maybe they were doing you know all sorts of things that were were off base i don't know but for some reason Alan had a pretty good idea that Smash World Tour was going to get shut down, and then they did. So it's like, I just, I don't see the the villainy in that in retrospect. Uh, obviously, it's to, like, line his own pockets, and that's, I guess, sinister in its own way. But it's like, dude, if he was, if he was right, and he just, like, knew the whole time that it wasn't going to get licensed for X, Y, or Z reason, then it's... It's interesting nonetheless, and I'd love to know the the reason why and what it really came down to. But yeah, it's just it's just really funny that 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 happened, and um and so in retaliation, uh, VGBC wanted to take down Band on their way out, and so um the the and and granted, BTS comes out of this looking the most clean, but there is some issue that Alan brought up in his statement that BTS was causing some sort of legal issue that could put the entire scene in jeopardy. While Ken Chen, the, the man implicated in the article had responded to like pretty much every claim about him and about BTS. He did not bring any shed any light on this. No. Oh, that's, that's a load of crap. No one, there, there's no legal issue at all. Not, um, Alan's lying about the, nothing, no statement on that, which means that, 
you know, there with, with legal things, there is red tape and how much you could say, but like, there's no acknowledgement of that, which means there's probably some truth to that. And I wouldn't put it like, you know, I don't know any of these people personally. You don't either. Even the people that we do know personally, as we found out in 2020, uh, like a lot of them turn out to be ghouls. And I don't think it's outside of the realm of possibility for uh, something to happen in in this very tumultuous and kind of gold rush sort of time of the smash scene where BTS possibly put the, the community in jeopardy. And so like, there's that piece that also hasn't been addressed. And the conclusion that I come to with all of this is that we have three big players in here, really more so um, the two running the circuit where it was so important that they had as much of the pie as possible that, you know, the pie got destroyed in the process and no one, no one's got pie. Now uh, Alan was greedy. Uh, VGBC was greedy Greedy, maybe to a lesser extent, but you know, they, they saw the Panda cup getting licensed. They saw him starting to build up activity and they just had to announce. They couldn't wait till next year. They couldn't wait till they worked out stuff with Nintendo. They couldn't get their blessing first. They just had to, to announce because they, they were not going to miss out on that, that revenue, that clout, that whatever they were after with that. And somewhere in the process, these bad decisions by every party involved has put the entire community in jeopardy. And I don't know where it goes from here. Uh, honestly, it sounds like if, if what smash world tour is saying is true, either they specifically hate VGBC and they want them to stop existing or every smash event is going to have to pursue a license. And, you know, we'll see, we'll see. But I, uh, you know, I hope, I hope uh, you guys got what you came here for. <laughs> well, and, like, and, and I'll say this, I, I, the, the funniest thing about all of this to me, too, is that VGBC, you know, wouldn't publicly denounce somebody who, again, I don't want to get into that whole situation, but did something that was illegal, shouldn't have been doing, um, has allowed him to restream a number of their events, even though they've claimed that he hasn't been allowed to, even though he's explicitly said on some of his live streams, he's thanked them for permission. But they said more about a guy criticizing them for not doing that than the guy actually doing it. And I just think, and I know, like, I remember IGN did an article when all this stuff was happening in the Smash community, all this awful stuff about something, and people were saying this is why Nintendo doesn't want to get involved in any of this. And people said that's just naive, they've always been this way, blah, blah, blah. But you just have to look at it from their standpoint that, like, they're putting their name on something. And if you can't even just have this standard set that, well, he's banned on Twitch, so it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter, or it does matter. You need to be able to come out and publicly address these things because that's what a corporation would do. They wouldn't just, like, let it slide under the rug. They have to address these things because it, it affects their their community image. And again, like, Nintendo has so much more money to make and does so much more business outside of Smash. Smash is just a blip on the radar. But that kind of stuff can affect their entire company. And so they they have to worry about liabilities and risks that come with these things. And so, I don't know, I just look at VGBC and, and all the decisions that they made along with that decision to not just speak up on the matter. And I think it has to factor in. And that's why, like you brought up earlier, when Nintendo highlights health and safety guidelines, they're just not, they're not going to just come out and say it's because they allowed X, Y, and Z. That's just not how a corporation's going to elicit a message but i just think when when they highlight those 
And, and all VGBC's events have been like, you have to wear a mask. There's still, you know, COVID protocols in place. I'm sure it has nothing to do with that. And it has everything to do with things like that. And so I, I just think that's something worth mentioning because people just act like that has nothing to do with this. And I don't know. I mean, I, I think it, it, it probably has something to do with it. Yeah. And, and who's to say, cause like Nintendo's not going to come out and say, this is the reason and uh, risk bringing attention to that situation there. The, that's why they didn't address it at all. Like while it was happening, they tried to just zip their mouth shut because it's just better that less people know about it in general. You know, mm-hmm. it's the, you build sort of a Streisand effect. If as a giant corporation, you acknowledge this uh, disgust happening in, in the community. And um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's like, yeah, I mean, there, there's a bunch of things that, that could just like trip their wire of like not wanting to work with VGBC. Maybe it's, they use the, the music and the fonts and the like likeness of Nintendo's IP for events like glitch, you know, they're doing like a fire emblem versus Zelda theme for that. It's like, yeah, I mean like you're, you're talking about a company that's existed since like the 1800s. They're going to be a little more stingy about copyright, about intellectual property, and they're going to be harder to work with. And so like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's like, maybe next time guys uh, don't don't bet all your all don't bet everything on having a company that has a long history of not cooperating with you cooperating with you and if it doesn't work out don't you know sling a bunch of mud everywhere and try and take everybody down with you um which you know i guess that is just it was just panda which you know alan kind of earned that but uh but yeah it's at you you these situations are bigger than uh, Alan's a big meanie at Panda because while true as that may be, it doesn't, you know, like taking him down a peg has like a, a domino effect of, you know, we, we've got this big tournament canceled. We've got relationships with Nintendo that are probably severed. We've got, um, a bunch of people that are out of a job and it's like, you know, Real, real classy. And so I, I don't think anyone in this situation is a hero. I don't think anybody in this situation is like free of a a little bit of greediness, which like I get like, you know, business is competitive. You, you have to, especially in esports, man, it's like esports is a, a tough business to succeed in. You're, you're, and this, this idea that like these organizations don't compete with each other is silly because they do, you know, that like, there's only so many advertisers that are interested in advertising in, in in a Twitch stream for a Super Smash Bros tournament. It's not like a huge pool. It's not the Super Bowl. And um and so yeah, but ultimately I'm just uh pretty much disappointed with every party involved in uh in like yeah, I don't I don't know what's what's going on from here, but it's probably not going to be pretty. Uh any closing thoughts, Matthew? Well, I'll just say to kind of to your point, I think you know, VGBC acting like they're, they, they're just in the acting in the best interest of the community. To me, you wouldn't have taken the stance they did as far as it relates to Panda. I, I understand highlighting some concerns, but essentially trying to destroy everything because of how it affected you, I think, shows that the, the, this became personal and it, it doesn't have the community at large's best interest in mind because now there may not be a competitive community. You know, it's just, it, it might essentially go back to being a small grassroots thing that it's been for a long time. Um, so I, 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 I just get annoyed at that notion because 
we, we like to believe that people aren't selfish. And if you look at both sides in this matter, everybody is acting in, in, you know, selfish ways. I mean, even like what, what you were talking about when Alan said that he has taken no money from this. I mean, okay. So he just works for free. He just does this out of, out of love and passion. The he goodness has no financial for, interest in this whatsoever. To serve, to serve the super smash brothers community. He's, he's like a I, nun, I but know for how, super smash bros instead of God. Right. And, and I just want to know how much of that goodness pays his mortgage or his rent, you know, like, give me a break. I mean, we, we all work for a living, you know, so it's just annoying to see that that people act like this just has everything to do with the, the good of the Super Smash Bros community and not of their own personal interests and gains. And um, that's what this is all about, you know. Um, so it's just, you know, it'll be interesting to see where things go from here. But it's it's tough to imagine a future with Nintendo at this point because now Nintendo's probably wondering what's going on with the Panda Cup and now nobody wants to do that anymore. And again, Nintendo's got bigger fish to fry. Smash isn't even that high up on the list of... of I mean, I understand Ultimate is one of their best-selling games on Switch, but if you just look at franchises they have and, and look at how they're building this park at Universal Studios in Orlando and they're bringing it to Hollywood. They already have it in Japan. They're making a Super Mario Brothers movie and by all accounts that'll translate into a Donkey Kong movie and who knows where else that that, that will take them and you know like th this is just a blip on the radar. They don't have that much to gain from Smash being uh, a sponsored esport. I think it could be huge because by all accounts it's one of the most popular esports, but again like they, they, that's something they can afford to lose and lose very easily. So and and you know you think about even with with Ultimate in particular, I know this involved Melee, but with Ultimate in particular, you know Ultimate's been out for 4 years. You know, how long is it going to be before we're moving on to the next game anyway? You know, like they every Smash game, aside from Melee to Brawl, has been what? Like a four-year gap? Or or I think Brawl to, to Smash 4 was six years, and then Smash 4 to Ultimate was four years. But Yeah, something like that. And, I mean, they're, they're, that's when Nintendo activity and support of the scene will probably pick back up. And that's probably what they're gearing up for. They're trying to find some good partners so that when the next Smash game is ready to... to release they'll actually have a good like marketing campaign around with it but um but yeah esports is a, a difficult business it works for companies like you know say like league of legends because they they make a ton of money off of skins uh, character purchases they they are like a service-based game smash bros it's 60 bucks and you're done and so there's there's not much a whole lot of other money after that outside of like the fighters pass um but yeah all that being said um you know congratulations <laughs> to vgbc and uh, Panda Global, job well done. <laughs> like, I feel bad for you guys. Uh, and also, I'm like, why did you conduct yourselves in this way? Uh, but, yeah, hopefully uh, everybody can move on from this. We don't have to, like, burn any any other people down. Um, and uh, as far as the show goes, uh, thank you so much for watching. We're a weekly Nintendo podcast. We uh, don't typically dive into these gigantic topics but it just felt right today um there's a few other ones that i think uh deserve to be talked about like this whole pokemon situation so um let us know what other big stories you'd like us to cover and otherwise we'll see you next time